Chapter 1. Choosing the right dog for you. I firmly believe there is a dog out there for everyone, but to choose the right one, you need to be realistic about your limitations and what you can give them. Buying a puppy is almost as easy nowadays as ordering this book from Amazon. But the truth is, a puppy isn't a product you can just stick in the cupboard and forget about it if you don't like it. And they are definitely not something we should buy just because they look nice in our house, or because they are popular right now, or because someone down the road has just got one, or you've seen one you like on TV. Have a word with yourself before you start thinking about looking for a puppy. You have to be realistic about what you can bring to the table. You might think that you're going to get fit by walking your dog every day, and this is true. But can you put your hand on your heart and say you'll be able to give the dog the exercise it needs for the next 10, maybe even 15 years? An under-exercised dog will undoubtedly make your life hell. You'll make their life hell too. And what about training? Yes, this book will show you how to train your dog, but it's not going to physically do it for you. That's still your job, I'm afraid. Training is time-consuming and requires your total focus and attention especially in the early days when your puppy is learning so much and taking everything in like a mad thing. Then you've got to find the money to feed them, and vet bills can add up, especially if your dog's breed has specific problems, and there is a thing called breed fulfilment. What is breed fulfilment? You'll want to know about this, as I'll talk about this a lot in this book. As we know them today, dogs have come from a long line of ancestors who were bred for a specific purpose, from hunting and guarding to rescuing or just sitting on someone's lap. That's why they're called lap dogs. Whatever your dog was originally bred to do is called its breed genetic disposition. The characteristics and instincts that have been bred into their physical and psychological profiles over centuries. Maybe your greyhound needs bursts of intense speed every day, That's their genetic disposition to race. Or your terrier needs to pull and rag on toys to emulate how they might pull a rat out of a hole. Fulfilling these basic genetic urges through the kind of play, activities and general lifestyle you give your puppy is called breed fulfilment. It's about helping your dog behave in its most natural and instinctive way. And like all of us, dogs are happiest and at their best when their basic needs are being met. More on breed fulfilment as we go along. But here's a golden rule. Ask yourself if you can deliver what's necessary to keep your dog stimulated and breed fulfilled in the right way. As well as breed fulfilment, there are a few other things I want you to think about and ask yourself. Discuss with your family or partner, or basically anyone who's going to be involved in the dog's life. These are especially important if this is your first time owning a dog. What size of dog do you want? Yes, size matters. Small dogs are generally cheaper to buy equipment for and take up less room on your sofa. Their food bills are smaller and generally their poos are too. They're also easier to transport and tend to live longer on average. Big dogs have a larger presence. You will always know they are there. Larger dogs can generally handle a bit more of a rough and tumble. Exercise requirements. Every dog has different exercise needs both physical and mental. Be realistic about how much time you can give that dog daily. Do not be fooled into thinking small dogs need less exercise. Dogs who have been bred for working, shepherds, spaniels, terriers, etc. will require a lot of exercise and make your life difficult if they do not get it. Are you passive or assertive? 
This is an important one. If you are a passive owner, you might want to swerve the headstrong breeds, such as bulldogs, as they will exploit you given half the chance. Passive owners would be more suited to something with a soft nature, such as a greyhound. How much does that dog shed? If you're dreaming of a blue-eyed husky, are you also prepared to vacuum the carpet five times a day? You'll have fur in your dinner, bath, in your cup of tea. It's relentless. If you want a dog that doesn't shed tons, look at something like a Labradoodle or other so-called hyperallergenic breeds. But remember, there is no such thing as a fully hyperallergenic dog. It's all about their saliva and how much they slobber. Slobber, that's right. Everyone loves the St. Bernard until they have slobber dripping from the ceiling. You must take this into consideration. Larger dogs tend to be more slobbery. If you're the sort of person who keeps everything nice and tidy, this dog will not be your friend.